0: The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor.
1: Doctor. 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 Doctor.
0: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000.
1: And hello again, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. My name is Steve Cashel. I'm radio host of the Chicago Bulls. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls and co-team physician of the Chicago White Sox, sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon for Midwest Orthopedics at Rush and Rush University Medical Center. As always, we're going to talk about a number of sports injury-related topics. We also have our website. Please visit sportsmedicineweekly.com. We're back to get it going right after this on ESPN 1000.
2: That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is... Falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy, Uh, ow, that's not good, or having an accident at work. Uh oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico Physical Therapy, better for everybody.
0: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000.
1: You can follow us on Twitter at SMWHome, as in Sports Medicine Weekly, and we also have a Facebook page as well, and our website is SportsMedicineWeekly.com. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Thanks for joining us on this Saturday morning, Chicago's premier sports medicine program, coming your way each and every Saturday between 8.30 and 9 a.m., only on ESPN 1000. Dr. Cole, we're heading into those uh, unfortunate colder days and shorter days and uh, into the fall and winter, and uh, that means uh, we're done with golf season and uh, the country clubbers and even those uh, who enjoy and can do it, do a little platform tennis. But there are injuries involved, right? Yeah,
3: Steve, I was thinking. So platform tennis is our opportunity for our tennis players to play in the winter and be outside, I imagine, right? So what do golfers do? They just uh, go somewhere else?
1: Play indoors. We've got the indoor domes all okay. over Chicagoland. All right. Places like Golf Tech, right? Take my lessons. And, uh, you know, you just Anything, try to work on your swing.
3: Nothing, No equivalent of playing nine holes, though, right? No, not really. Although the,
1: everyone's got the, uh, you know, the... What simulators, do we call them? simulators simulators yeah, yeah yeah i get a little bored on those but they're pretty neat though they're becoming uh, you know pretty real these days so you can have fun in those still
3: well you're right so now platform tennis comes into play and we uh as a, as a group at midwest orthopedics we sponsor the uh the organization in illinois and it might even be nationally and uh we have a number of physicians who are doing research in the area and we have uh one of my esteemed colleagues uh dr lita ganad she's a, a primary care sports medicine specialist at midwest orthopedics and uh Wanted to have her on, uh, just talk about some of the research with platform tennis injuries as we enter into the season.
1: Wonderful. Dr. Ghanad, thanks so much for joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. Uh, We understand you put together a study regarding platform tennis. Why?
4: Uh, Quick, thanks for having me. So two years ago, I was asked to give a talk about platform tennis, and I wasn't too familiar with the sport. So I tried to do a literature search, and I really could find no information on injuries in platform tennis or who was playing the sport. So I decided to put together a study of my own. And he um, basically emailed out a survey to platform tennis players, um, and I got over 900 responses. So nearly 1,000 people responded to my survey. Um, so I could tell that these players were really passionate about their sport. And unfortunately, 67% reported uh, at least one injury. So it is a very high injury sport.
3: What was the denominator? In other words, you got 900 responses. What's the whole universe that could have responded?
4: So we sent it out to the American Platform Tennis Association um, through their website. So you know they have several thousands, I think anywhere from 10 to 15,000 players. The majority of our respondents were from the Midwest and the Chicagoland area.
3: Okay, so you gave a really high percentage. So if that's the percentage, either one of many things happened. One, only those who those who were injured were motivated to respond, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, actually, I can't think of any other explanation or I'm just trying to get a sense. Obviously, that's a really high rate, but the studies are possibly a little bit skewed. Correct me if I'm wrong, that the ones who are most motivated, if this is an injury study, are the ones who are injured. Is that fair to say? Cor-
4: correct. And, you know, it's a self-reported uh, survey. So, you know, it's hard to tell the complete accuracy of what people reported. But we're trying to just get a basic idea of what types of injuries uh, these players were sustaining. So what'd you learn? So uh, we learned that the majority of injuries were in the elbow, shin, and calf, and knee. Um, so in the elbow was a lot of tendinitis and tendinopathies. Um, in the calf, a lot of calf strains or tennis leg. And then in the knee, there was actually the largest proportion of meniscal injuries um, was the most common knee injury. All right, so
3: Steve's um, looking at me kind of like, why Why that, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, thinking? absolutely. Well, I mean, think about it. First of all, what's, it, what's, you know, what's the, the surface it? that they play? Um, Go ahead. I'm, I'll, I'll let you explain. What's the surface like?
4: So it it is similar to a tennis court, but it is a smaller court, and the material of the court is kind of a very tacky, uh, high uh, coefficient of friction-type surface. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of rapid movement back and forth. Another interesting thing is the average age of our respondents was 52 years old. So this is a sport that's very popular with, you know, middle-aged athletes.
3: And that's who gets tennis players' calf. So, Steve, that's when you tear your gastroc, you know, you, you pull a muscle in your gastroc? calf. Gastroc? Yeah, your gastroc solely is your calf muscle. Okay. That's a really common injury in this age group, and a lot of it is just because as we age, um, our muscles lose some of that pliability, flexibility, and we don't warm up properly and things of that nature, and abrupt changes in direction and speed... Uh, can lead to these muscles contracting violently through what we call an eccentric contraction. They get tight and they, they get lengthening forces at the same time while they're trying to contract. Okay, makes sense. So they, they pull right at the muscle tendon junction and get pretty nasty sprains and strains. Um, and tell me a little bit about the elbow. Those are like tennis elbow type things, so epicondylitis and so forth? Uh,
4: exactly, tennis elbow. We think a lot of it is related to, you know, the way the players hold the paddle um, and, you know, I guess training level. Um, we find that there's a lot of uh, overuse of the wrist extensor tendons. Um, and, you know, we encourage players to work with pros that can kind of teach them the correct form, and we think that that might be um, something that can decrease these injuries.
3: What about uh, grips? I know in, in tennis elbow, we often recommend uh, grip changes. Is there anything that you have determined that, that, that we recommend for our, our paddle players?
4: You know, we didn't look at that specifically, but I do think it, it probably is a factor. Um, you know, speaking with pros, I, I know the, the grip um, is something that they you know they hone in on their new players. Um, another thing that we noticed that it was the, you know, the intermittent, intermediate players that were uh, most likely to respond to our survey. So we had very few pros and very few beginners. It was more of the intermediate players that were responding. Um, and I'm not quite sure if that's uh, – Uh, playing into this injury risk as well
1: probably the pros know how to prevent right and take care of themselves and the recreational athlete you're out there and you think you're invincible
3: yeah i think (laughs) that's probably true and the pros are probably spending more hours doing it and they're you know they don't Mm -hmm. they don't have the fatigue issues and things of that nature
1: but i think what you Mm -hmm. described
3: and i do i do see a fair amount of shoulder injuries from it too um was that down the way down the list in your in your inventory you know
4: it was yeah it wasn't way down the list elbow you know calf and knee were the top and then followed by ankle shoulder and and, uh, foot so um shoulder wasn't too far behind actually
3: any, any uh, words of wisdom as we wrap this up to uh, uh, help prevent injury in our paddle
4: tennis players? Well, I think cross-training is important. So this is a um, high-level sport, so just showing up to the court without doing proper weight training, core strengthening, flexibility exercises is probably a bad idea. Um, you know, also warming up before uh, each game is helpful because it is a cold-weather sport played outside, and even though the weather's okay now, it's going to get much colder as we get into January and February uh, paddle season. Um and also, you know, you know, be mindful of your age. I think that, you know, we have, I think the oldest player who responded was in uh, his or her 80s. So, yeah. you know, a player in their 80s might have to play a little bit differently than a player in their 20s or 30s. It's
1: like playing golf in the cold weather, right? I mean, you look funny on the range when you're doing it, but do some jumping jacks, run in place, get the body warm. Because I, I always heard you can't stretch the cold muscles. Right. And I'm always, right. you know, out of the car, your muscles are stiff and everything. So uh, get warm the best you can and uh, loosen up because it uh, could lead to uh, fewer injuries. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Dr. Lita Ganad from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, a primary care sports medicine physician. Thanks for uh, lending your expertise, Doc. Thanks
4: so much.
1: And we're back with more of Sports Medicine Weekly after this. On ESPN Radio.
5: I'd been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance scheduled me right away. No wait, Everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget.
0: To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. Allosource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. Prochondrex, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograph designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about Prochondrex, visit Prochondrex.org. That's
1: P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Back on Sports Medicine Weekly, and that proceeds from our show, Sports Medicine Weekly. Go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. Follow us on Twitter at SMWHome, and we have a Facebook page as well. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole at Sports Medicine Weekly. Dr. Cole, have you ever done the uh, cryotherapy chamber? I have not, but I have many patients who do. And um, I can tell you cryotherapy,
3: which is basically just cold therapy, is uh, one of our primary recovery modalities that we use for almost every type of athlete. So it's a big part of what we do. In fact, every surgery ends with ice and compression in my practice. So we put a cold compressive device uh, on their shoulder, elbow, or knee after I do an operation, every one of them.
1: Yeah, what do the NBA players do? I mean, I I remember the NFL players, you know, during training camp, they would jump in these ice-cold baths. Was that more to refresh them during the 100-degree heat, or was that actually to help the body?
3: Well, I think there's two things. There's one, which is you treat a specific body part with— cold, and or compression, which is standard ice treatment with compression. So it's as basic as a, a bag of ice with uh, cellophane or an ace wrap around it with compression, right? And that's for a, a body part that's trying to reduce inflammation specifically. And then there's cryo chambers, which, you know, are, can be used to help uh, recover from lactic acid and total body sort of toxins, if you will, for a, from a, for a body recovery point of view. So they're used a little bit differently, but, you know, we use all of that. Yeah,
1: well, when do you use heat? When do you use ice? Let's bring on our next guest. He's going to tell us about this from Athletico. Nobody uh, does it better than uh, Matt Gothier from Athletico, f- sports physical therapist, the Niles Northwest Chicago Clinic. And, uh, Matt, thanks very much for, for joining us. So I know Dr. Cole gets asked that all the time. Ryan, right? we have to ask you and uh, your philosophy from Athletico, uh, when do we do ice? When do we do heat?
6: That's a good question. Like Dr. Cole said, we get, we get asked this question all the time. Um, what I'll generally tell my patients is, you know, ice is just a, a great pain reliever, anti-inflammatory uh, uh, intervention. So anytime you have a very acute injury, a fresh injury, one that's very painful, um, ice is a, is a great intervention for that one. And heat, I find, uh, is a little better for more of those chronic injuries, um, especially those involving like a muscle spasm where you kind of want the muscle to relax because heat's a, very much a muscle relaxer.
3: What about pre-game or pre-activity versus post? I guess I've sort of thought about heat in the realm of warming up uh, versus cold when you're done to reduce the inflammation from the the challenge you just went through. Is there truth to that? Is is that accurate?
6: Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of standard practice, the thought being that heat kind of warms tissues up, makes everything a little easier to to move. You know, that's why we have a warm-up before an event. Um, What's interesting is um, we know per research that if there's any sort of pain or swelling within a joint, uh, that the muscles surrounding that joint aren't as active as they should be. Um, and to, um, applying some ice and compression to that joint actually help that muscle to activate a little more. So a lot of times when I'll get a patient after after an ACL surgery, um, early, early on, I will start with um, some ice just to get that quad firing a little better. So it really just depends on where the patient is in their in their rehab.
1: Now, let's go deeper in that. I'm interested. I'm thinking about my boys and pitching, and uh, sometimes you warm up, and it's like, Dad, i got a sore arm today. Uh, would I ever put ice before they go out and pitch?
6: Well, if the uh, any baseball player is having some soreness in their arm, As a side note, I wouldn't throw them, period. Yeah. Um, Just because, as we know, uh, throwing with uh, fatigue or pain increases your chance of injury by 36 times. Um, But to answer your question, um, ice before an event, I mean, you want to have uh, increased uh, tissue temperature before an event. Um, ice kind of slows that down or, or lowers the temperature a little bit, uh, which can just kind of make the athlete feel a little stiff and make them not really move uh, and operate at their at their best or top efficiency. So generally I would say, uh, no, I don't like to put ice before, um, before an athletic event.
3: Yeah, so I think the example you gave earlier was after, say, an ACL surgery where you're trying to get things activated, you said you would use ice. So I just want to clarify that that's a different problem than someone who's warming up to do their sport where you might use heat. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Okay. Okay, I get it. All right. So as a physical therapist at Athletico, tell me why cryotherapy is so important. When do you use it, and, and what's the you know, indication and application for it?
6: So number one, ice is just such a, an easy, effective pain reliever. So, so far and away the biggest benefit of it is, is just pain relief. Um, we also know that ice, in combination with compression. Uh, helps to decrease swelling and the negative effects of swelling. So those are probably the two biggest things, are to control pain and to control swelling in the um, injured patient population.
1: Again, we're visiting with uh, Matt Gothier from Athletic. I'm Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole right alongside. Uh, we're talking about uh, cryo chambers, cryotherapy, healthy or hype, and um, the benefits of, of ice. So where are you at with the cryo chambers? What's your
3: feeling about it? And was do you see that as a different application for a different problem?
6: Yeah, you know, I uh, my experience thus far, which is limited with the cryo chambers, but my experience is, you know, cryotherapy is very much a um, rehabilitation, um, you know, helping you recover from an injury, whereas this total body cryotherapy is kind of helping athletes to relieve that day-to-day muscle soreness, helping them kind of get through the grind of a season. Um, and we all know that, you know, whatever um, these younger athletes see in their elite athletes, they want to do the same. So now that it's becoming more accessible, I think it's um, becoming more and more popular, and more and more in the public eye. So the one thing I get asked a lot in the, in the clinic, um, there's some stuff floating around the internet saying that you should never ice. Um, really? So I, I have found it beneficial to kind of refute that a little bit with uh, with my patients.
3: Yeah. So the basic guidelines that we use is, I tell patients after rigorous activity, if they have an affected joint that they're recovering from surgery or injury, 20 minutes of ice and compression. And if it's around an elbow or where nerves are, you got to be careful because you can literally freeze the nerve, cause numbness, and so forth. So you got to be careful there, and to avoid uh, a possible frostbite, to so always put something between the skin and the ice delivery unit. Although some of the delivery units themselves never get much colder than say you know 39 to 40 degrees, and it's hard right, to frostbite. Right. But I see it. I mean, every every year I see uh, catastrophic cases with not necessarily from physical therapy places, but I see them from some of these units that were uh, they're applied too long. People have some sense of vulnerability and so forth. So you always have to check the skin. That's super important.
1: Is a plastic then, bag uh, directly to the skin? okay are you talking about be. a towel thin well towel. no it can be you got to
3: be careful that's no i'm saying a towel is some kind of barrier because i've seen plenty of frostbite over the years and wow. especially if there's been previous surgery or recent surgery the blood supply is compromised and ice reduces inflammation vis-a-vis reducing blood supply it constricts the small blood vessels so if you have an area that's already vulnerable instruct the small blood vessels, we've seen full thickness skin loss, literally, after ice. So you got to be careful in that regard. But 20 minutes to the affected area protecting the skin is sort of a really good rule of thumb when you're dealing with ice. I've
1: always heard 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off. Does that mean another 20 minutes? Well, I mean, it depends on what you're dealing minutes? with. I
3: like sometimes after surgery, after uh, shoulder or, say, ligament surgery, I'll have patients sometimes do even do it, you know, checking the skin frequently, have a cycle on, 20, 20 off, you know. and sometimes it, um, I'll Throughout the course of the night, for example, okay. if they have a unit that goes around their leg. I love ice. It's one of the greatest you know we use this expression ice is nice but it's one of the it's the greatest as he pointed as Matt pointed out uh, most important anti-inflammatory device anti-inflammatory devices and pain relievers that we have you can reduce the amount of post-operative narcotics that people need when you use ice
1: that's a good thing yeah it's a great thing Matt thanks so much for joining us on Sports Medicine Weekly absolutely thanks for having me he's from athletico athletico.com is the website matt Gauthier from Athletical. Back with more of Sports Medicine Weekly after these messages on ESPN Radio.
6: Feeling tired, sluggish, and overweight? If you're looking to lose weight and gain energy, join us in Karen Mulkin's 14-day transformation cleanse. You're going to absolutely love this Whole Foods cleanse. You'll feel great, lose weight, build lean muscle, improve sleep, boost metabolism, and enhance athletic performance. This VIP done-for-you cleanse comes with a 14-day transformation wellness bag containing MCT Lean Vegan Protein Blend, fat-burning MCT Lean MCT Oil, snacks, superfoods, recipes, guidelines, videos and other surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 14daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at That's karenmalkin.com. That's k a r e n m a l k i n.com.
0: Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art health care services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do.
2: That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy. Ow! That's not good. Or having an accident at work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico physical therapy, better for everybody.
0: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000.
1: You can follow us on Twitter at SMW Home, and we have a Facebook page as well. And our new blog is on our website, smwhome.net or sportsmedicineweekly.com. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Cole, um, a few weeks ago, of course, we uh, had the Chicago Sports Summit at the Hyatt Regency, and uh, boy, that was fantastic. You invited me uh, maybe through this show, and it was my first time attending. It took me two hours to get there, but it was uh, fantastic. I'll, I'll leave at 5.30 a.m. next time instead of 6.15. Well, it was, I was
3: really proud of the, the entire uh, event. We had a great turnout, probably close to 400 people. And, you know, the thing that I like the most is when we we're at the last uh, uh, panel discussion, very few tables were empty. I mean, yeah. people were still there. I mean, we don't want to make it too long. It was done by essentially 11.45 uh, in the morning. But uh, the mayor showed up. Uh, he did a great job. He spoke for about five minutes, and everything he said was relevant uh, pertaining to sort of how we can uh, keep our kids active, uh, uh, the, the benefits of after-school matters, and providing programming for kids, and we probably we raised uh, more this year than we raised last year, and uh, we look forward to doing it again. It was uh, great. Next, next year, next Tim
1: year. Anderson, the White Sox uh, shortstop, was there. I thought his wife was phenomenal. I didn't even know who that woman was, and then she started talking. She opened him up, and he started yeah, talking well, better. It
3: was interesting. I got a text that. Uh that uh says uh, yeah tim anderson wants to have his wife come on the stage i'm like well i'm not gonna say no you know? yeah i mean there's probably a purpose for it she was great and uh so the funny thing is did you i don't know if you read the trib the next day but the trib did a uh, an article and they, they they barely mentioned him and they talked about her the whole <laughs> yeah, time she was and great. Uh, she was very art- she was very articulate they're obviously both very passionate about their their charity they lost a friend to gang violence and um theirs was um was a mentorship or uh, but yeah i think it was a mentorship type uh, charity. Uh, you have to look it up. But uh, at any rate, um, it was just a great it was a great event. I felt really good uh, when, when we were when we were done. And
1: uh, a lot of people uh, put a tremendous amount of time into it. So. Yeah. Jared Payton, um, you know, I, I never knew he was bullied in high school. He gave away yeah, some. Incred- I mean, this is Walter yeah. Payton's son. Are you kidding yeah. me? I'm not going to talk about the high school, but are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd want to be his bodyguard back then. Yeah. You know, I not yeah. think I'm a big guy or a bodyguard, but yeah. are you, that's Walter Payton's son. Yeah. He probably is the best athlete ever at that high school, ever. Right. He went right. on to play in the NFL, right. right? played at University of Miami, and he got bullied? Really? Yeah. In a great home.
3: I mean, both parents
1: really involved. Oh, in, you know. wonderful people. Yeah yeah so it yeah, was, it was inspiring wasn't oh, it that yeah was. it was great and then and then not on the panel i saw larry Wirt, i saw jimmy DeCastro, castro i saw rob stafford yeah who really beat a disease yeah. and lisa who yep. p.s uh, communications PS, yeah. does a wonderful job lisa stafford uh it was great and i also ran into an old buddy who got on, on set with us so to speak here in the studio with us i used to work out of the um old gold coast multiplex back in the 90s when where, i lived where, downtown to, oh, downtown yeah. yeah yeah and uh i always used to see skip chapman and who do i see dr cole at the chicago sports summit a couple weeks ago skip chapman i I haven't seen in 30 years it seems like and uh, skip is outstanding he's a personal trainer for the fitness formula center uh, he's a mat specialist. We'll talk about that, the muscle activation techniques. He's at the Fitness Formula Club right now. He's a strength and conditioning coach for NHL players. He's been the strength and conditioning coach for uh, DePaul University men's basketball. He's worked with the uh, all these different uh, great athletes, and it's great to have him in studio with us. And I didn't know what this was. Do you know what uh, MAT is?
3: I'm not familiar enough to talk to speak about it. I don't think we've ever had it on our show, so I'm looking forward to learning more.
1: Good. Skip, welcome to uh, Sports Medicine Weekly. Great to see you again now, and for the second time in a couple weeks, it was great to run into you at uh, Dr. Cole's Chicago Sports Summit, which I highly recommend, folks the annual event and uh, let's talk a little bit about what is muscle activation techniques well thank you
7: very much steve and dr dr cole at the sports summit that was spectacular never what, how did you like uh,
3: how did you hear about it we guys we got sponsors
7: uh were actually uh, one of the physical therapy places uh-huh. sponsored us and okay. we came in and uh, i heard about it, and it was, yes it was wonderful it was better than way better than what I thought it was. This is your second year. It's the second year. You, you
3: know, it's an interesting event because when we first thought about it, just trying to message the whole thing was even difficult to try to figure out what we were trying to accomplish. And I feel like now we really have a message oh, yeah. as a foundation to really help, you know, the programming in Chicago, mostly towards our youth. And um, I think the message was pretty clear. Plus, we had some, you know, the, the industry panel talking about right, that. That right. was actually that came off way better than I thought it would. If anyone's interested, they should go to the website, uh, the Chicago Sports Summit, because the whole summit will be posted there from video. But anyway, I don't want to digress. I mean, we really thought we, we were hoping you would right. educate us about uh, muscle activation sure. techniques or mat, as we'll call it. Right. Because uh, I honestly don't know enough about it to even uh, to, to educate someone. So you do that for us. Oh,
7: yeah, absolutely. Well, I love muscle activation techniques. It's really changed what I do as a personal trainer. Uh, I started training back in 1991. And uh, how I learned about it was actually through another physical therapist. Uh, his name is Tom Purvis, he's out of Oklahoma. And he, I think it was around 2002, around there, where he was doing a lecture in Chicago and there's a group of us that were always to get together with him. And he told us about this wonderful thing called muscle activation techniques. And the developer was Greg Roscoff out of Denver, Colorado. And what muscle activation does is it, we assess and correct muscle Uh, your your, your muscle system. So if we see imbalances in your muscle system, we assess it and then correct it. But uh, I want to first talk about Greg Roscoff, the the developer. Uh, If you're an NHL player, NBA player, NFL player, MLB player, you probably heard of Matt or one of your players that get Matt done. And probably the most famous person that people really realize is Pete Manning. And when Pete Manning had, you you remember when he had four neck surgeries? Yeah, sure. Two in the front, two anterior and two posterior. And when he got released from Indianapolis, he knew he was going to play again. And what uh, Pete Manning knew about uh, Greg Roscoff. So he used to fly Greg from Denver, pay for his whole entire day or two days when he was down in Indianapolis to help work with his muscle system to get him back ready and be prepared to play football again. And when it came time, I'm, I'm making this a, this long story shorter, it's in the Sports Illustrated article, if you want to look back in Sports Illustrated, where, uh, Peyton Manny had a decision to make between about four NFL teams at that time, and John Lynch, who was a client of Greg Roscoff, uh, was talking to Peyton and says, "You know what? Well, wouldn't it be great that uh, if you went with Denver, it would make sense because Greg Roscoff works with the Broncos three days a week." Well, and that was one of the decisions why Peyton Manning ended up at, uh, at with the Denver Broncos. Well, interesting. All right, so tell me what you do. Okay, so who's it? You know, who's who's it best for? It's best for. Everyone, everyone, especially for people who are active. It's, it's best for everyone, but I'll give you a great example. So uh, last year, we're in the playoffs right now for the MLB, and last year was Cleveland against Chicago Cubs, right? Right. And I, I have contacts with uh, the Cleveland Indians, and uh, Sandy Alomar Jr. was one of my clients at one time. And uh, so uh, some of the players from Cleveland knew what I did. I'm about four blocks away from their hotel, and I uh, remember Rajay Davis. Yep. Of course we do. <laughs> yeah. So earlier in the season, he had hurt his right leg uh, trying to make a play, sliding in the home, and he got caught kind of behind him. So he's always had these small issues. He had tight hamstrings all the time, and he had a problem in rotation. So they knew about a muscle activation techniques guy, the athletic trainer for Cleveland. He says, well, here's a guy that uh, we know, Skip Chapman. Thank you. Uh, and why don't you go see him? So he would come see me, and uh, I would say, Rajay, okay, lift up your leg. Let me see you. Uh, what kind of range of motion you have, flexion? Now, he has tight hamstrings and, and tight in rotation. He's complaining, well, I just don't feel right. So I, I tell Rajay to lift up his leg. He could barely lift up his right leg. And I'm thinking, okay, this guy is probably, he was second at the time in stolen bases. And he's out in the field running down uh, bases, fly balls, whatever. Sure. He, and it, it, the thing about it is he has he's so strong that he can compensate so well. So, so
3: tell us So tell us what you do. Okay, so I'm, get the, yeah. so I'm getting to that.
7: So I'm getting to that. So, What we do, we look at range of motion as an assessment. right? So we know that Rajay could not lift up his right leg as far as he could lift up his left leg. So we know right away there's a restriction there. And so using that range of motion, we do a series of specific tests for specific ranges of motion. And if they're weak in that motion, we know there's a group of muscles within that axis and that joint axis that are weak. And we have to bring those muscles back, get them to function. Otherwise you start compensating, you become tight, and your body goes, we don't want to do this. So as we do uh, the range of motion test, if he's weak in a specific test, we know that muscle's weak. And what we do is, uh, it's called a DFAMAT or a digital force application. So where we take origin insertion of the muscle and we push into that origin insertion of the muscle. We're kind of like the AAA guy, your battery goes dead. And we push in that, get that battery started again and get those muscles functioning. And that brings back the full range of motion and you have uh, strength within that motion. So we have stability with mobility. Got in it. that range
1: got it so muscle activation techniques yeah. yep all right we're out of time skip but uh, that was that was wow it was quite a story it was interesting you working yeah. with some top players yeah yeah. the show goes quickly though all righty uh, skip yeah. chapman fitness formula club quickly uh your uh, website it is ffc.com
7: you can look for s chapman at com.
1: fantastic twitter at fitness underscore formula back with more sports medicine weekly after these messages on espn radio Allosource's products
0: help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. Prochondrex, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograph designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about Prochondrex, visit Prochondrex.org, that's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. I've been having knee pain for quite some time
5: and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance, scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience with something I'll never forget.
0: To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on
1: ESPN 1000. That's all the time we have for this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger, our board operator producer, Felix Reyes, as well as David Cole for operating our website and doing our business side at Sports Medicine Weekly. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks for listening. Talk with you again next Saturday at 8.30 for another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly, only on ESPN Radio. The preceding program was a
0: paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000.